From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My herbs and spices, it is episode 47 of Free and Inspired Radio. How's your week been? In some parts of the world it's getting warmer. We've had, uh, in other parts of the world, it's getting colder, but in Hong Kong, we've had some gorgeous weather, and if you're one of my listeners in the city, I hope you've been soaking up the sun. Others are leading up to Thanksgiving, and others are just happy that it's spring. But this week on Free and Inspired Radio, we're coming in with a second part of one of the most popular Free and Inspired Radio episodes, episode 30, A Beginner's Guide to Probiotics. Now, in that episode, we went back to basics. We talked about what makes a microorganism a probiotic, the differences between things like shelf-stable probiotics and the ones you find in the fridge, some dose tips and some other tips and tricks to get started if you're new to taking probiotics. So if you want to go back before listening to this episode, have a listen to episode 30 to kind of connect with some of the basic, most frequently asked questions around probiotics And that would bring you to part two, where we're going to get a little bit more detailed. We're going to have a look at some specific strains of probiotics that have some good science on them, so that you can maybe have a look at the ingredients now and see that, you know, the ingredients of the formulas that you're taking are actually beneficial or therapeutic, if you like, or have got some science behind them for what you're trying to achieve with buying them. Now, to reconnect with probiotics, the value of the global probiotics market in 2021 was just under 60 billion US dollars. Uh, that's a lot of choices when it comes to being a beginner, isn't it? A basic search for probiotics on iHerb, the popular online supplement retailer, can render up to 500 options from gender specific mixtures to formulas with the same name, such as Complete. Everyone has the Complete probiotic nowadays. Now, with utterly different ingredients most of the time. But if you're just beginning, choosing what everyone else reviews as good seems like the only option, doesn't it? What if you could choose a more specific probiotic to your needs? Better still, what if you could look at the colony forming units or CFUs and the species in a formula and identify the species you know that have some genuine research behind them for your condition? Well, as we mentioned in part one of our Beginner's Guide to Probiotics, we looked at some of the best time to take probiotics, the difference between shelf-stable and other ones in the fridge, what makes an excellent over-the-counter formula, and some basics around what makes a microorganism a probiotic. 
in part two, we're going to bring together some of the conditions where I prescribe probiotics successfully in the clinic, along with some of the research into specific strains that can be helpful. So I always now would like to start off with some fun stuff. I tend to dive into the science in these episodes pretty quickly, don't I? And it gets a little bit full on. So look, how about some fun stuff? Can probiotics extend your life? There it is. Um, so the basically a caveat in this discussion before we get into it um, is that most of the research about probiotics and life extension is in animals, but it is very cutting edge. But as I said, when you hear these you know different studies, please be patient. Some of the re- some of this research may not materialize in humans, but hey, if you if it does, maybe you hear, heard it here first on Free and Inspired Radio. Now, widespread strain patented for research, uh, L. plantarum. So when I say L, I'm often referring to Lactobacillus. So that's a common um, a common uh, class of of probiotics and they're using a patented form of lactobacillus plantarum in this particular study so when they're patented they often have codes or numbers after them as you'd find out in part one so this study was using l plantarum gkm3 uh, and that was fed to mice throughout their lifetime which isn't long but it's sufficient enough the study found that just this strain alone delayed the aging process in the brain, reducing the age-related cognitive impairment and the rust caused by oxidation in the brain as well. So just one study, uh, one strain, excuse me. Building on this, another patented species of L. plantarum has shown positive anti-aging effects in animal studies, suggesting that, in quotes, it is the ideal candidate for promotion as a next-generation probiotic. Now, personally, until we map the microbiome and match that information with what we know about the genome or our genetics, I don't think we'll have any next-generation probiotics. So as I said, sometimes this, this cutting-edge stuff can be quite intense and quite cutting, you know, dramatic in how they sell it. But look, um, it still suggests that there are some more uh, long-term effects to taking probiotics than just these kind of therapeutic conditions that we're looking for, right? Speculations about probiotics uh, extending your lifespan, or what's more appropriately, health span, is fun. However, the answer as to why isn't clear. It may, though, lie in probiotics benefits in some of the most widespread diseases. For example, let's continue with one of my favorite strains here, uh, Lactobacillus plantarum. And it's part in a well-known formula called VSL3 and its role in managing a condition that affects one-third of the world's population, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So why fatty liver specifically for this conversation? Current estimates suggest that fatty liver is accelerating at an alarming rate. It's connected to metabolic disorders such as type 2 diabetes. So over 70% of people with type 2 diabetes have a fatty liver and often have a fatty liver before they are diabetic, which is even more important. And fatty liver also carries with it an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. So if we can find a probiotic that may help with fatty liver, maybe that may kind of help with this precursor condition that we're seeing to some of these more major major diseases. Back to L. plantarum as part of this VSL3 formula. Alongside other strains of probiotics, two sachets of 450 billion colony forming units daily for three months. That's 900 colony forming units of probiotics in total 
Now that reduced triglyceride levels, so you might have seen those in your blood tests. Highly sensitive C-reactive protein, which is a key marker in cardiovascular disease and inflammation. And these probiotics also reduced ALT, AST, and GGT enzymes that are often elevated in blood tests when you're diagnosed with fatty liver. Now, the reason why this is important for long, our longevity conversation is that triglycerides and highly sensitive CRP are indicators on a blood test that things are showing a negative trend for your health risk over the coming decade. One of the critical things they help us to understand about a person's health is their potential for inflammation or the potential level of inflammation. HSCRP in particular predicts sudden cardiac death among healthy people with no history of cardiovascular problems at all. It also predicts stroke. Based on this, it's now easier to understand why L-plantarum and other probiotics in the VSL3, VSL3 formula reducing this inflammation can, in essence, help you live longer. Now, L-plantarum helps other markers of inflammation, and this action is uh, vital for those looking to take a more specific probiotic strain for their health. A meta-analysis looking at studies containing L-plantarum since 2019 found that it increased anti-inflammatory chemicals in the immune system and decreased inflammatory chemicals simultaneously. So if you've heard the episode on vitamin D, I think from last week, or the week before, last week, yes, last week, Whoa, it's, it's time is going quickly and slowly all at once. Um, you'll know that vitamin D also does that as well. It, it helps to promote anti-inflammatory compounds and also reduce inflammatory compounds. So lactobacillus plantarum also has been found to do this. Now, this ability to enhance the anti-inflammatory parts of the immune system is vital in helping people with allergic responses. So the anti-inflammatory component we're talking about here is called interleukin-10, and its enhancement by probiotic strains like L-plantarum seems to be the key way probiotics are getting attention for treating conditions such as allergic rhinitis. So let me explain. People with allergies such as hay fever often have an imbalance in the T helper cell component of their immune systems. So there are two T helper cell systems, Th1, which responds to viruses and bacteria inside the cells, and Th2 cells react to bigger allergens such as parasites that can come from outside the body or outside the cells. Whilst they often work together, one of these systems can become dominant after continued exposure to an allergen. So in people with allergies, the dominant T helper system is of often the TH2 one. So this is where sometimes if you have allergies or hay fever and you've done some research on with your Google doctor, uh, you may have seen the term TH2 dominant pop up a lot. Now, why, once again, is this important regarding how probiotics like L-plantarum help allergies? So remember IL-10 and its anti-inflammatory action? Well, one of the other things probiotics can help with is to balance the Th1 and Th2 systems in people with allergic rhinitis. A systematic review and meta-analysis published in May 2022 found that probiotic supplementation effectively reduced allergic rhinitis symptoms and improved the quality of life for those living with it. Now, some specific strains help with allergic rhinitis aside from lactobacillus plantarum. One of these strains has a long name, 
Bifidobacterium animalis subspecies Lactus BB12. And I love that name mainly because it sounds like it's a science fiction film. Really, from a science fiction film, it could be a planet for all we know, but in this case, it's a probiotic. So, Bifidobacterium animalis subspecies Lactus BB12. This strain uh, is, uh, which we're going to abbreviate to B Lactus for ease of use, has been involved in two studies of note recently for allergic rhinitis. The first was looking at how probiotic formulas could work as a preventative for allergic rhinitis in children. Three months before the pollen season started, researchers gave a formula including B. lactis. Participants treated with the probiotics experienced less severe symptoms than controls. In parallel, probiotic children also needed less symptomatic treatment than the control group. Another study on allergic rhinitis used B. lactis again, alongside our favorite L. plantarum, and another one of my favorite strains, Lactobacillus rhamnosus, or L. rhamnosus. And this formula helped to reduce hay fever symptoms such as runny nose and itchy eyes and improving the general quality of life and the Th1, Th2 balance that we talked about a little earlier. Now, I'd like to add my own clinical experience to this one, especially in my Australian practice. Uh, if you didn't know, if you're listening somewhere else in the world, uh, Melbourne is actually considered the allergy capital of the world. So I've seen a lot of hay fever cases in my time. And in my Australian practice, I've used probiotic formulas with the above strains preventatively numerous times with significant and often surprising success for my patients. It is a very interesting conversation, let's say, to say, hey, we're halfway through, we barely even started winter, we've got three months before spring, how about we start doing something to prevent hay fever from starting in three months' time. But some of my patients that were open to trying this have seen the results, and I really wanted to bring that up because it's definitely worth a try if you're living with consistent allergy symptoms come spring, summer, wherever you live. So probiotics can help with uh, prevent hay fever symptoms, but what about colds and flus? It's a good time to take a break here on Free and Inspired Radio, and we'll be back with more about how probiotics can help you shortly. Woo! Time to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more Free and Inspired episodes, Simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yes, yes, welcome back to episode 47 of Free and Inspired Radio. Wow, we're really racking them up, aren't we? This week we are adding a second instalment to episode 30, A Beginner's Guide to Probiotics. We're touching on specific strains from some of the research papers on probiotics. And in part one, we looked at probiotics for long life. We looked at the inflammation and allergies. In start in part two, let's start with probiotics' role in how in helping you with <laughs> respiratory infections such as colds and flus. Now, as well as some of the digestive benefits for conditions like irritable bowel syndrome or IBS, which we touched on in part one of the beginner's guide, my first real encounter with the power of probiotics used preventatively 
was for colds and flu. Now, in the research reviews, they'll be referred to as upper respiratory tract infections or ERTIs. If you want to do your own research, which you're welcome to do, just type in ERTI probiotics PubMed. That's a good place to start. So two lactobacillus strains, L. rhamnosus and L. paracaceae, which is a new one, often pop up as crucial ingredients in the probiotic formulas used. For example, these two strains, along with our popular L. plantarum, have been shown to decrease the total incidence of respiratory infections and shorten their duration. So I'll repeat that. The lactobacillus strains L. rhamnosus and L. paracaceae, along with lactobacillus plantarum, have been shown to decrease the total incidence of respiratory infections and shorten their duration. Not bad. But this immune action isn't just for colds and flus. So this is most likely going to take this episode off the search. But uh, probiotics might be able to help with SARS-CoV-2 infections. For example, a small study found that a multi-strain probiotic including L. paracaceae and L. plantarum and two strains of B. lactis, amongst others, at a high dose of 800 billion CFU, so I repeat, 800 billion three times a day helped to reduce the risk of developing respiratory failure in severe COVID-19 patients. So look, there's two things here. One, taking 2,400 billion, (laughs) which I believe is a ridiculous number, it's just not very sustainable, it's not realistic, and this is where in some cases you've got to be really careful with how you interpret research, right? Because just at that beginning of that section, probiotics may help you with with COVID, right? And we'll definitely get to the, some of the details. But taking 2,400 billion, it's so, that's crazy, right? Honestly. So take this with a pinch of salt. It's interesting research. I mean, they had some great results with severe patients in hospital preventing them from going to respiratory failure. So that's people that weren't, you know, may not necessarily have survived, right? So that's great. But as we get to new get to grips with new variants of COVID-19, our understanding of what can help is also uh, coming around, right? And uh, diarrhea has been a common symptom for those with severe encounters of COVID-19. One of the reasons for this is the high concentration of ACE2 receptors that allow the spike protein to enter the body in the upper esophagus, small intestine and colon, making the digestive system a focus for the virus to invade the body. Now, a study with Chinese patients used a combination of Bifidobacterium longum, Lactobacillus bulgaricus, and Streptococcus thermophilus, uh, giving it a dose of roughly 60 billion CFU a day. So that's a little more realistic, right? Even though 15, uh, only 15% of the patients had diarrhea in the study, the probiotic formula shortened the duration of it, and as a bonus... Uh, compared with a control group not taking the probiotic formula, participants using the probiotics showed a significantly reduced time to achieving a negative nucleic acid test with two key inflammatory indicators, indicators also decreased, one of which was the HSCRP that we talked about in part one of the show. So as a bonus, as I said, I'm just going to repeat that. The probiotics in this case, so we're using Bifidobacterium longum, 
uh, Lactobacillus bulgaricus in this study and Streptococcus thermophilus, uh, 60 billion CFU daily. And one of the bonuses, as well as helping the small quantity of people that had diarrhea, and that can occur both before and after the COVID infection as well. The bonus for this for people taking this probiotic formula was that they had a significantly reduced time to achieving a negative nucleic acid test, and they also had two big inflammatory markers decrease at the same time. So that's kind of cool, and especially with the northern hemisphere moving into winter now, maybe using a really you know, relatively high probiotic formula. So I'm talking 50 to 100 billion with a good spread of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium um, may potentially have a preventative effect for you. And that's kind of cool. Now, in true Freedom Inspire Radio fashion, we can't go anywhere without mentioning either the brain or the gut. And what about probiotics for depression? So if you visited philipwatkins.health, you may know that you can get a free ebook on probiotics and the brain, and it's called Psychobiotics. So uh, please, philipwatkins.health, and go and uh, sign up on the email box. You'll see it straight up there, and you'll be able to get a full ebook uh, around probiotics and the brain. But for this show, um, just to look at how probiotics might be therapeutic for you as a beginner, let's just look at uh, probiotics and depression to give you a small taste as a primer, perhaps, for the ebook. So, a small study using Lactobacillus fermentum LF16, so it's a patented version, L- Lactobacillus rhamnosus LRO6, L plantarum LP01, and Bifidobacterium longum BLO4 looked at how some probiotic species might affect sleep, mood, and other personality traits like anger and fatigue. I mean, how many people do, do you know who have sleep issues, mood issues, and feel angry and fatigued? Wow, it's a, it's a, I think that's a big spectrum of people in, you know, that I may see in the clinic as well. I found this study interesting because it measured the above uh, kind of personality traits and problems in three-week intervals. So they did... They measured them at the beginning of the study, they measured them three weeks in, they measured them six weeks in, and then they also did a three-week washout period after the probiotics finished. And that is very interesting because probiotics can actually be very transient in the body, and often this means that their therapeutic effect can be transient as well. So it was double-blind and it was placebo-controlled as well, and meaning that all the participants thought they were taking the probiotics. And in conclusion, significant improvement was seen in the mood uh, of the participants with a reduction in depressive state, anger, and fatigue with a bonus improvement in sleep quality. Really cool stuff, right? And just to remind you there, L-Ramnosis, Lactobacillus fermentum, L-Plantarum, and Bifidobacterium longum were the the, uh, species there. And from memory, they were using 4 billion CFUs, which is not very much, right, Uh, in in my opinion. (laughs) And they were doing that for around uh, 8 to 9 weeks total was the study. Anyway, these studies are definitely in their infancy. And as I said, I've written a whole e-book about psychobiotics, you know, probiotics in the brain, how they merge the gut and the brain. So look, it's an exciting and innovative cutting edge kind of space. Uh, definitely uh, a lot of potential. However, recent, manal- uh, it, it, 
You know, recent mirror analyses have been very, very positive. And it seems that without confirmation of specific strains just yet, as I said, the above study was quite small, um, to give you the best chance of getting something out of it, I, I would say that on average, the CFU count needs to be above 1 billion and the duration of time needs to be over eight weeks before seeing any change. And that was pulled from a really, I think the meta-analysis was last month. So this is as recent as I can find it. And when they pulled the average doses and duration of all of the studies, they found that the people with the reduction in the best reductions in depressive state had these, you know, over one billion and eight weeks duration. Personally, in the clinic, I think you might be sensing this from me. I tend to use higher doses um, of probiotics around 50 to 100 colony forming units depending on how the gut-brain situation is. And I go for around 12 weeks before assessing how things are going. So look, th this recommendation leads me to recommend that sometimes if you're unsure about which probiotic to choose, get a healthcare practitioner to help you. In this episode, I've attempted to list some specific strains of probiotics to look out for in formulas that help you focus on what you want to achieve. Honestly, if you wish to try probiotics and see what happens with nothing specific in mind, like you know preventing colds and flus or you know some of the stuff we've talked about today or this week, you may end up disappointed if you don't give things the right amount of time. And also, as we've touched on, not all, all probiotics are the same. So once again, just uh, if you can, do a bit of research, find out what you want to do, and hopefully you'll be able to match that strain uh, or those types of probiotics in the formula with, with what you're trying to do. With that said, part one of our beginner's guide introduced probiotics in general. Hopefully with part two, you can be a little more intentional when picking what's suitable for you. It doesn't matter what you want to achieve, whether it be hay fever, depression, or making your immune system more effective. Uh, there should be formulas available with some of these specific strains or species we've discussed and hopefully you get some great results like we've seen in some of these small studies that we've talked about today. Before we finish this episode of Free and Inspired Radio, if you would love to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, podcasts and episodes, move over to philipwatkins.health. As I said, if you want to sign up to our uh, newsletter where we go through some of the more innovative things happening with the brain and the gut, uh, you can get a free ebook about probiotics in the brain and that's uh, that'll get emailed to you straight away. Now, your reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify help me get the word on the street. If you're listening to this on YouTube, big shout out to the YouTube crew. I've just had a big rush of crew on YouTube. Thank you. Uh, very surprising. And um, please throw the video a like and subscribe if you get this far. It's very helpful. And I want to send shouts to all the listeners to the show who get this far. Um, I want to send shouts out to people in the US, in Singapore, in, in Australia, in the UK, Canada. Where else have we seen people this week? Um, Italy. Cool. Uh, I was, um, especially with the World Cup coming up. Um, and look, this show is all about helping you find the freedom to feel inspired again. I hope it gets you one step closer, especially with this beginner's guide. And until next week, don't forget to take care of yourself and those around you. And we'll be back with more for an inspired radio next time around. See ya.
my gosh, you made it to the end. This show is all about you, and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.